Last summer, uh, when I was on sabbatical in France, the, the camp's opening speech was by Francoise Hollande, and he was then president of the country. And the speech focused on peace, on unity. He spoke about the humanitarian needs in Syria and the previous year's Paris Climate Change Conference, one that had been attended by representatives of over 195 countries. As a new president is elected in France today, the world seems quite a different place. And the thoughts of international entente cordiale seem a bit far removed. Each president or prime minister or prospective holder of that office appears on our TV screen during the news and seems to think more of their homeland or speak more of their nation than might suggest being a world leader. The leader in our story, in our passage from Daniel, the king Nebuchadnezzar, is the mightiest king in the region. He has beaten all his neighbours in conflict. He has nothing to fear from them. He is powerful in his land. He has no need of fear of an uprising coming from within his country. He commands authority, but yet he is tormented by dreams. He becomes sleepless in his bed. Even the most powerful person in the world is but a frail human. We are all weak. But they don't like to think that they are weak. They have to present the image of being strong. That's why they proclaim that others are inadequate. They come out with the claim of something being fake news if it does not put them in a good light. They change the agenda. They deny the stories. They say that's false, that's exaggerated. They declare a biased media. What is fake news is often not fake. Sometimes it is just a story. But for the most part, it is what we learned to call 20 years ago spin. Or decades before that, propaganda. The wise men of Babylon in our passage are found by the king to be at fault as a result of their propaganda, of their spin, of the fake news that they have told. These people who were astrologers and dream interpreters did not have any real power, but they projected the image that they did 
they said they were able to do things that they could not. They would do that. They would interpret the dream so that the king or those others in power would appreciate them and reward them. And they would tell stories, therefore, that were deemed acceptable. What the king and his public would like to hear. We might see the same in horoscopes in newspapers or magazines today. Little snippets that could actually relate to anyone, not people born in a certain month. Enough is said that somebody might accept it as their story, but actually, it's not. People read it and put their trust in it and may even subconsciously shape their lives in a small way based upon what they have read. But the horoscope does not reveal anything in itself. It is not what is in the stars that defines the path ahead. As a teenager, I had a very close friend who was five hours older than me. We were born in the same hospital. We went to the same school. We lived in the same town. And I had another friend that was three hours older than him. There were three of us from a town of 2,000 that were born on the same day and in the same class. We might have had that same beginning, but our lives have taken different paths. Our future was not defined by the stars and the planets that day. You can choose to automatically believe what you read and say, yes, that's true. You can choose to believe what somebody tells you. Or you can test it and weigh it and consider whether that really is the truth. Our failure to discern what we hear is one of the dangers of rumours and gossip. Eight times in the Bible the word gossip appears, but not one of them is in a positive light. Gossip is often held to be true because the person we hear it from is someone we trust, someone we've known for a long time, someone that's maybe told us something that we like to hear or that we can pass on. But that doesn't mean that what they're saying that day is true. It might be, but it might be a falsehood. They might be disguising the truth, putting up a protective barrier so that they themselves will not be hurt by what others might say. The astrologers 
however, had simply used their storytelling, their examples, their exaggerations to gain in social status. A bit like writing a party manifesto. We have to weigh it up. Can you imagine a manifesto? I'm hoping nobody writes this, actually. A manifesto that, uh, that promises to cut tax and raise spending, but without increasing borrowing. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that nobody's not trying it, but we know that that would be false. The astrologers tried to do something that they couldn't do. They made a great offer, but they couldn't live up to it. They had all sorts of gifts, but telling the truth was not one of them. So they couldn't, they couldn't possibly say what the dream meant because they didn't know what the dream was. They couldn't see the dream. The king kept it to himself. The king offers greater wealth, greater power. But they are, in fact, powerless. A secret known to only one person is likely to remain a secret. No one can find it out. And the king kept it to himself. It did not matter how hard they prayed or what they did. They knew that false gods do not live among men. If they'd been told the story, they would have made it up. But there was no divine wisdom coming to them. We have to trust in the truth. And because the truth had been revealed that these were powerless, that these men were no good, the story was broken and they were sentenced to death. And that death sentence applied to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah uh, too. Still using their Hebrew names, you'll notice. How often do we bring judgment against somebody that actually hasn't done something wrong? The men of Hebrew, the Judah men, had not done anything wrong. Do we have an idea what's happening in others' lives when we accuse them? When we lift it up? Daniel hears the news and he chooses to trust in God. It is with boldness he questions the commander who has been sent to kill him. And then he goes on from there and with trusting in God, he is able to go to the king that has issued the death sentence and said, wait, 
Give us day of execution. I will give you this answer. He doesn't use his time to run away. He doesn't use it to hide. He encourages his friends to pray for mercy. And God blesses him with the dream and its interpretation. Our gifts are not for our benefit, but for the glory of God and the growth of his kingdom. Daniel rejoices. He is not false news, but has the truth. He knows the real God who does intercede in our world, the one who does make himself known. So let us choose to be people who live rightly in the truth. May we use our words to glorify the kingdom. And may we use our riches wisely, proclaiming his name with our actions. Amen.